Isn't that good? Wow. So when you are light bearers, you are actually color givers. Because when you shine light on others, it brings out the colors of them. Is that the coolest thing? It's light that brings out color. If light doesn't shine, there's no color. But when light shines, then the color comes. Isn't that awesome? We are his light bearers. How many light bearers in the house this morning? We are his light bearers. We bear his light. This is what God has ordained for us from the beginning, that we would bear the light of God, that we would bear the light of Jesus. Jesus came to give us his light, life and light. Amen? Sinking on my way in this morning, um, one of the prophetic words over the church hit me this morning on the way in. Uh, so like a year ago or so, uh, I remembered Roger Joyner had this crazy word over the church. He had, this, he had like a dream in the night, and, and then he woke up and, and, you know, got a hold of us and shared this word with us. But it was interesting. He had this vision and this word about fife. You know what a fife is? So I'm going to read to you what a fife is. A fife is a small, high-pitched, traverse flute that is similar to the piccolo, but louder and shriller due, due to its narrow bore. The fife originated in medieval Europe and was often used in military marching bands. It called the people to battle. The fife. Not only do we live in a city of destiny, but we are a people of destiny. God has spoken over and over again that this is an epicenter of something great, that God would birth out of you, that God would birth out of us, something that would impact the nations. What if there's destiny in this name? What if there's destiny in this name? Oh, we see it as this little port city. We see it as, uh, as a little shipping hub. We see it as a, a, a no man's land between other municipalities. But, but what if there's something in it that, that God's ordained? An identity that we would grasp ourselves that we have a sound about us, that when we show up, there's a sound that comes. It's a sound that calls people to battle. It's a sound that assembles troops. It is a sound that wakes people up. It's a sound that brings order. It's a sound that releases the strength of an army. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to grab our hearts. Would you do it? Just welcome him right now. Holy Spirit, grab our hearts with your word. Grab our hearts with the calling on our lives. Grab our hearts with what you've ordained for us. We ask you to open up our understanding, the inner understanding of the heart. Open up our understanding, richer, greater than ever before, to know our destiny, to know our destiny, to know what you've called us, to empowered us, enabled us with, as the light of Jesus dwells in us. We thank you for it. Hallelujah.
Amen. We just kind of, you know, we just kind of appeared on this. We kind of, you know, a staff powwow. We kind of landed on this theme, faith, hope, and love. And uh, and then the Holy Spirit really bore witness to it prophetically uh, at the night of vision. So the Holy Spirit has really confirmed that that we're on a great theme and that that what he wants to flesh out through us is a greater dimension of these characteristics of his nature. And so today we're talking about faith and and the springboard of faith, hope, and love we know is 1 Corinthians 13. And now these three things, one translation says abide, one translation says remain. Uh, the emphasis is not that This is the exhaustive showing forth of God, but these are like preeminent factors, preeminent characteristics, preeminent uh, 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 ways for us to grasp who he is. And now these three things abide, faith, hope, and love. And, And Paul's trying to help us understand that out of God's nature flows these things and out of the gifts of the Spirit, because the emphasis of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is the gifts of the Spirit. And so he says, this is an emphasis. And then he says, the greatest of them is, the greatest of them is love. So he says, so there's an appeal in the gifts of the Spirit. There's an appeal in the motivational gifts, the office gifts, there's an appeal in the supernatural gifts that, that there would be this flowing forth out of those gifts of faith, hope, and love, that this would be evident. It'd be evident. In fact, as he mentioned several times in 1 Corinthians 14, let everything be done to edify. The word edify comes from the word we get, edifice. It means to build up. Let everything we do edify. Let everything we do edify. Everything the body of Christ does should build up. When we're around one another, we are building up one another. We're adding to. You know what it is to build up? It's to add to. It's to, it's to strengthen. It's to fasten. It's to make stronger. It's to, it's to add to the, the edifice. It, it's, yes? And that's us. This is the privilege that we have. Think about this. We are partakers of the divine nature in the divine assignment. That, that, I mean, think about that. I mean, when he said, it's better that I go away, Right? John 14, he's trying to explain all of this to them, and and he walks with them for 40 days uh, after the resurrection. He's trying to explain all this to them out of Luke 24, and he's trying to help them understand. He's telling them it's better that I go away. It's not just that he would send the Holy Spirit. It's also that we would be partakers of the divine assignment. We get to be extensions of his light and his love and his building up of one another. 
You talk about making life worthwhile. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. It doesn't matter where you find yourself on any given day. You have the privilege to be a partaker of the ministry of Jesus. You get to build people up, and not just out of what flows out of you naturally, but you have supernatural flowing out of your natural. You have a marriage of the supernatural with the natural, and it's flowing out of you to build others up, to strengthen, to add to their edifice that they would become more whole, that they would become stronger, their foundation would be strengthened, that their building would be taller and greater. Is that the coolest thing ever? Wow. So I get to emphasize faith today, and uh, it's a privilege to think about faith, and, and, and our emphasis today is not so much what faith is or how do we get faith, but the emphasis that I want us to catch today is that the word through us, the word through us, just as the word through Jesus, the word through us carries light, brings impartation, and it gives the ability for faith that truth releases the energy of faith. It's almost like you can imagine the electrical cables that are running, and we've got electrical cables if you get near. You know, I grew up near the Bonneville Dam, and, you know, you've got all these big giant metal dealios, and those giant metal dealios go all the way from the Columbia River to California, right? And there's energy surrounding those cables. There's like hyper energy. You really don't want to hang on to those. And just as the electrical current is flowing on those cables, faith flows on the Word of God. Faith flows on the Word of God, and faith flows on truth, Faith flows on truth. The Word of God is truth. And faith is like this current that is released in the atmosphere of truth and in the atmosphere of the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 30. The entrance of your words gives light. The entrance of your words gives light. Has it made a difference with you? Has the entrance of his word given light to you? Yeah? I want us to think about Lucifer for a second. I want us to think about kind of this whole dimension of illumination, light, Lucifer, lies, and darkness. So we know that we know that Lucifer is no longer by the way called Lucifer, right? So we know Lucifer now as Satan. Yes? So where do we find the name Lucifer or where do we find the reference to Lucifer? What's the first reference to that and what are some passages that help us? If you're taking notes, it's Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. I want to go to a couple thoughts out of Isaiah 14. 
Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 38, 28. In Ezekiel 28, Lucifer is called the cherub, the cherub who covered. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before a little bit. Theologians believe that Lucifer was actually assigned to Jesus. He was the cherub that was the helpmeet of Jesus, the partner of Jesus. We have Michael and Gabriel assigned to the other two of the Godhead, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, Michael and Gabriel. But who is the cherub? Who is the covering? Who is the one who ministers to Jesus? Many theologians believe it was Lucifer. Lucifer was also, the, the, the name Lucifer, by the way, and it's found uh, in Isaiah 14. And in Isaiah 14, what we find, we find a passage, a metaphoric passage about the king of Babylon. But there's a dual meaning in the passage. And not only is he writing about the king of Babylon, but he's writing about Lucifer. And he calls him son of the morning. And the reference is to Venus. Venus is the first planet to be seen in the morning. And this is where we get the word Lucifer. It's the first planet to be seen. It is the son of the morning, literally. And this is where we get the word Lucifer, but it also means light bearer. Lucifer was meant to bear the light of the Father. He was meant to bear the light of Jesus. We know that woven inside of Lucifer, woven inside of him, out of, again, Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, woven inside of him were the tablets of music. He was a worshiper. Isn't that an interesting aspect of today, right? Because we know that this is one of Satan's strongest powers is to steal or to distort or to pervert music and to bring worship not unto God, but unto that which is unclean and unholy. Woven within him were the tablets of music, and he was the chief over music. He was the chief over worship. And so it says in Ezekiel 28, it says that he, he wanted to ascend. He was on the mountain of God. He wanted to ascend to the high place. It says in Isaiah 14 that he said, I will be as the most high. So we, we know this about Lucifer. We know that he had the ability to choose. There was something about him that related to free will. He had the ability to choose though he's not had the ability to repent. Now, what I want you to see is that what I want you to see is that he had this crazy assignment, and the word Lucifer actually means light bearer. It is actually very similar to the word Christopher. We know Christopher Columbus was a light bearer. He was to bear, he he was to bear, and even by name, he was to bear the light of Christ, to bear the light of Jesus a light bearer. 
We as Christians, this is part of the meaning of the name. Christian is to bear the light of the Christ. This is going into the etymology of the name. We bear the light of the Christ. He is light. As, as Pastor Joel so eloquently spoke last week, and it was so cool, is that light was created. And then some six days later, three days later, how many days later? On day four, the sun is created. Hello, how do you get that one? Isn't that cool? Light was created day one, day one. The sun is created day four. Christ is our life. He is our light. He is the bright one. And so here's Lucifer, light bearer, bright one, burning one, shining one, The word in Hebrew is Hillel, H-E-L-E-L. Here's Lucifer, and Lucifer is exalted in pride and thus cast down. And God comes to where he is cast down. God comes to where he is cast down and creates a garden and creates a new partner for Jesus. And he ordains that they will bear the light of God within them. And he puts the light of God within them. And he puts them in right in the midst of this place where they will, as it were, he was, you have, I know this is a terrible illustration, but almost like, you know, rubbing Satan's nose in the poo. I I know that's terrible. I I'm working on a better illustration. It's not coming right now. But, but think, about, think about this. Again, Again, he's creating beings who will have a choice. He's creating beings who will be the life partner to Jesus, who will be the anointed, who will be, who will be those who cover, who will be those who will carry worship in them, who will be those who bring worship. He, he's creating this, this partner now that he calls the bride... He's creating this partner for Jesus and this partner who will bear the light of Jesus within them. And you know how he gets the light of Jesus within us? His word. At thy word is the entrance of light. The word of God is a seed. We know the word of God is a seed, but the word of God is illumination. The Word of God is illumination. The Word of God brings sight. The Word of God opens our eyes. The Word of God is truth. The Word of God delivers us out of air. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Word of God delivers us out of air. The Word of God brings light to the inside. Jesus is the embodiment of the Word of God. And He comes to dwell in us. And we have taken, we have taken the place of Lucifer. We are now the light bearers. 
Now, this should tell you, this should tell you a little bit why he hates you so bad. Is this helping you a hair at all? This, this should tell you why he hates you so bad, why he wants to snuff out your light, why he wants to. And Jesus said, don't, don't let your light be put under a bushel. No, no one would take a light and put it under a bushel. But this is what the enemy wants to do. And how does he do it? He does it with his word. He seeks to snuff out the light of the truth, the light of God, the light, the light that flows out of Father by snuffing out truth, by his word. We are in a cosmic battle of God's word against Satan's word. And Satan's word brings darkness And Satan's word is a lie against the truth. But when we believe a lie, the lie brings darkness. Did you know not only have we believed lies, but there's people all around us who are believing lies. And those lies are a contradiction to God's nature, the way the kingdom works, the way blessing flows. They're a contradiction to the truth of God, but nonetheless, those lies are stifling, harming, blinding, keeping them from the goodness of God. You ever been there yourself? You know what I'm talking about? I can't wait to see fully in the spirit realm. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait to see fully in the spirit realm because what, sh- what we're going to see is we're actually going to see light and color coming forth when we talk the talk that agrees with the Word of God. There is light and color that comes and the impartation that comes, the impartation that comes. The impartation of his word, the impartation of illumination. Light, light comes. Yes? I'm going to give you some, just some small uh, thoughts, some, some thoughts. Because lies, lies keep us essentially acting in fear. Our emphasis today is faith. We want to release faith. We want to receive faith. We want to release faith. We want to open up a realm of faith over people. Yeah? Imagine opening up a realm of faith over people. I believe this is what Jesus did. Jesus opened up a realm of faith over people because at the release of his word, at the entrance of his word, there came light. And this is what we, we are destiny givers. We are light releasers. We, are, we open up people's mind to see vision, to see destiny, to see victory, to see breakthrough. You believe it? There are people around us all the time 
And I know that, that we don't always have access into their lives, but as we have access into their lives, there are people around us all of the time that as that access is opened up, we have this privilege to bring destiny, victory, hope, right? We have the privilege to do that by just simply releasing truth over them, the truth that is hidden in Jesus. A lot of where I wanted to go this week really is reminiscent of um, me getting carried away a week or two ago. I don't know if you remember that, but I got a little carried away. Uh, Definitely overworked my voice. But I was talking to you out of Psalm 139 and out of Revelation 19.10. Psalm 139 says, all of your days are already written in a book. Psalm 139 says, every thought that God had about you, that he wrote in that book about you, is precious. Superior, set apart, significant, amazing, precious. And it says the sum of the total of all those thoughts that he wrote in the book about you cannot even be counted. It's so vast. The book about you doesn't include sickness. It doesn't include disease. It doesn't include addiction. It doesn't include poverty. It doesn't include trouble. It, inclu- <laughs> it is a book of goodness and blessing and success. That's why no matter where you're at, you can reach up and grab a hold of what he already wrote about you and superimpose that word on your present tense situation, and it will lift you out of your present tense situation into the very thing that he's ordained for you. That's why you don't need to petition God for good. You need to find out the good that he's got because he's already got good in store for you. He already wrote a bunch of good about you. And instead of trying to talk God into good, we need to get up into the realm where we can see the good that he wrote about us already. Now, I believe he truly wrote this good about us because he wrote it about us in Christ Jesus. He already reconciled us in Christ Jesus and wrote this good stuff about us. And it says in Romans 5, 8 that he did this while we were yet sinners. Romans 5, 8, before we were worthy, before we measured up, before we had our act together, before we were worthy of what he wrote, he wrote it that our eyes might be open to see it, that we might reach into that prophetic destiny and live it, walk it, receive it, acknowledge it, agree with it. Can you imagine if you'll start agreeing with what God wrote in your prophetic destiny, what will happen? There's so much power. There's so much light in that prophetic destiny. It will reach, grab you, and pull you right up into the trajectory of its fulfillment. That's how we get into the destiny. That's how we get into the destiny, at thy word. It's the word he's already written. So then Jesus comes along as the redeemer. Jesus comes along as the savior, as the restorer, as the representative for us who took our place on the cross to deliver us from death and the penalty of sin. 
And he comes along as one who represents us before the Father. And it says he ever lives, he ever lives to represent you before the Father. This is what he's thrilled about living right now, 24-7. Of course, there's no time up there, but 24-7, we have time here. He is ever living to represent your needs, your situations before the Father that he might send, that he might send into your heart, that he might send into your heart what Father has in mind for you already. So sometimes that word has dropped down into your own heart. Has that word ever dropped down into your own heart? Sometimes that word drops down into your own heart. What is it? It goes well, let's go back to First Corinthians twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. That all would edify. That all would edify. God, God wants you to be completed. He wants you built up fully. He wants your edifice completed. He takes pleasure in seeing your edifice completed. So the word sometimes drops down in your own heart, and at other times somebody else brings that word because God opens up their heart to receive that what she's saying over you. And who is the, who is the minister of all of this? Well, who made it available? Jesus. If it weren't for Jesus, the destiny book would not be available. But because of Jesus, it's available. So he is the minister of the prophetic heart, intentions, goodness, phrases. Remember I talked to you about pillow talk a little while ago? We talked about pillow talk, how Joel and I have pillow talk. The Holy Spirit wants to have pillow talk with you. He wants to tell you how special you are. He wants to tell you that you are amazing, that you're beautiful, that you're handsome, that you're set apart. This is truth. This is truth. This is truth. And truth brings light, and it brings the ability for faith because faith rides on the cable of truth, the transmission line of truth, the transmission line of his word, the transmission line of what's flowing out of his power source, that, that is how we receive the grace, the ability for faith. Faith comes, Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of Christ or by Christ. And the word, the word, word, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of Christ, Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes. Everybody say, faith comes. How's it come? Now, why is that important? It, it, because of the word, word in Romans ten seventeen is the word rhema. It's not the word logos. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word 
of Christ, the word of illumination, the word that brings light. And the word word there is the word rhema. And rhema means a living phrase, a living utterance, a living living speech that is literally made alive in your heart. It's not logos. It's not on a page. But faith comes when the Holy Spirit takes that which is flowing out of the light of Christ and puts it on your heart, stamps it on your heart, tattoos it on your heart. Brands it on your heart. I'm getting no reaction whatsoever. I was just trying anything. Just slaps it on your heart. Whacks it on your heart. Faith comes. Faith comes. So, Revelation 19.10. Revelation 19.10. Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, that all would prophesy. We want, we want, we want to tap in to the prophetic realm. We want to be prophetic people. It's not a mystical thing in that it's outside of our reach. It's not a mysterious thing in that it is meant to be odd or harmful or destructive. It's actually a powerful thing that we would that we would see what Jesus is seeing, that we would hear what Jesus is saying over one another, over our own lives, and that we would realize it's the testimony of Jesus, the victorious one on our behalf, who represents us, who has qualified us for help, edification, comfort, strength, consolation, to be built up. He's qualified us for us for that. It's his testimony that is the spirit of prophecy. And when his testimony comes, it brings faith. It brings faith. This week I'm talking to a friend who's uh, had some addictive problems. Um, there may be only a, you know, they're, they're just barely, I got to lead this person to the Lord two weeks ago. Uh, and on the other side of that prayer, the addictive problems are still hanging on. And uh, so we're just kind of walking through this thing, right? And... Um, so they've had some addictive problems since probably they were teenagers, so, you know, more than 20 years or something, 25 years. And, and, uh, and so the way that he talks, he talks underneath the load, the identity of those addictive problems, And so when I talk, I talk that he's a conqueror of those addictive problems. 
He's talking out of the framework of a lie. I'm talking out of the framework of what's in his book. He's talking out of the framework of his history, which is related to a lie. And I don't even know what caused that lie yet. I don't even know what galvanized that lie. Many times there is a first incident that galvanizes a lie to our identity, to our behavior, to our thinking. And when that first incident galvanizes a lie to our identity and our thinking, we begin to interpret or live that realm or that portion of our life out of that lie. And we are blinded. Darkness comes. We cannot see the truth. And instead of living with faith in that realm of life, we live with fear in that realm of life. What's brought the fear is blindness. What's brought the blindness is an offense, a hurt, an injury, a violation, right? I had another friend who, um, some of you heard me tell this story, but it's got value because I want us to search our own hearts for a moment. Is that all right? I had another friend who um, was spending a lot of uh, his time in uh, seeking out adulterous relationships. And um, it was destroying his marriage, destroying his family. And so one day he opened up uh, and and wanted to pray. My prophetic sense over him out of his book was that this was not the real him. Wouldn't you love it if people, when they see crud with you, conclude it's not the real you? Wouldn't that be nice? Anybody got any crud in your life? Wouldn't it be nice if people concluded it wasn't the real you? Because the real you is much higher than that. And that is what's told of in those precious thoughts that he's written down, right? Yes? And, uh, and so at some point he became open to talk. And, and as we talked, he told about being molested by a man at the age of 12. He's 40 years old on the day that he tells me. He's never told anyone this story before. For 28 years, he's hidden this story. For 28 years, he was being told by a lying spirit that it happened because he was homosexual. Then another lying spirit came along and said, to prove you're not, To prove you're not, you must seduce women and live promiscuously or live with these adulterous relationships. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's a Christian. He's serving in a church. During this whole time, he's serving in a church. He's on the platform of a church. He's worshiping and raising his hands, but he's he's got this lie within him, the lie has produced darkness. That darkness is leading to death. 
and shutting down, shutting off the faith that God's Word brings to cultivate, to develop his own marriage into all that God intended it to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One friend believed the the lie that smoking was their source of pleasure. Because after all, people smoke at dinner. They smoke when they watch TV. They smoke uh, when they go on a lunch break. Um, they actually came to a point where they wanted to let go of smoking, but but this lying spirit was keeping them bound because they they believed that if they let go of smoking, they would lose a source, a sense of pleasure. Now, that might sound crazy to you, but what crazy things happen in our lives? What crazy lies do people buy into around us that just as we bring the light, the destiny, the the higher realm of Jesus, that it, it breaks through, it shatters, it it pierces something. Second Corinthians 4 says that the God of this world, small g, blinds the eyes so we can't believe. Sometimes we don't exercise the faith to relax. Hello? because we can't risk losing control because that's how we got hurt. We got hurt when we lost control. We, we, we got hurt because we weren't in strong control. So we, pressing in control, refuse actually to fully even trust God or to trust others. Pornography is a big deal right now, right? What's the lie? Might be tied to rejection. Might be tied to rejection. Can't be rejected by pornographic material or romantic fantasies. Can't be embarrassed. Can't be called names. Besides, it's just private. It's not hurting anyone. It's interesting how the lies of the enemy, not only do they destroy faith, they're oriented around fear, but they always seem to be the simple way, the easy way. It's interesting that faith or following God's Word always takes a level of risk. Going God's way or following his word means embracing risk, but it, but it means setting ourselves up for crazy, miraculous breakthroughs and solutions. But we have to embrace the risk first because it's a backwards kingdom, isn't it? The way up in this kingdom is down the greatest will become servants. The way to increase is to give. 
There's always risk. There's always risk when we follow the word. The word brings light. And it's interesting. It says that the word brings light. And our hearts will leap with the light that the word brings. But then the enemy will begin to work to pull that away and to pull us back into seeing things from natural perspectives. God wants us to not only receive his light, let his light change us, but he's called us to be light bearers. I want the praise team to come this morning. God has said over us, light shall shine out of darkness. He is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Did you know you can't see yourself when you look in the mirror? You can't see yourself in the spirit realm. But did you know that your face glows? If you could see yourself in a spiritual mirror, you would see that your face glows, that the light of God is on you and in you, and that you glow in the spirit realm. And maybe that's what some people pick up sometimes. And I just really, I I just, I know that God wants to shine his light through us. He wants to shine his light through us with destiny words, with victory words, with truth, with breakthrough. He wants us to reach up into that book that is written, and he wants us to tap into the testimony of Jesus over one another. I want you to make this week. Would you stand with me this morning? asking that you would make this week a special week twofold. One, that you would receive His Holy Spirit, His ministry to you out of that book that He's written over you. Even this morning as we close, if you're having a hard time seeing that destiny image, seeing the goodness of God, if you have a suspicion that there's some lies that work within you, causing blindness, harming the light, keeping you from faith, keeping you in fear. And as we close this morning, I want 
want to pray with you. Secondly, I want us to be light bearers this week. I want us to be destiny givers. I want us every time we see people and as we have opportunity relationally, tap into the book about them. Not written after they come to the Lord, written before they came to the Lord. Written in the Lord, written while while we were unworthy, Christ died for us. Tap into that. We want to give expression to that. And today, that's what we want many of you to join us. We're going to have lunch afterwards. We've got pizza and salad. And we're just asking that you stick around and be part of a family. We want to go out for, we're not sure how long, 30 minutes to an hour. We're going to hit 10 businesses. And we just want to, we want to just declare prophetic destiny over businesses in our city this morning. We welcome you to be a part of that. That's a corporate expression. But we want you to have individual expressions of that this week too. Tap into it. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? Maybe let's lift our hands. And just just in receiving mode this morning. Let's just say this together. Lord Jesus, I ask that the testimony that you have, the destiny testimony, the breakthrough testimony, the victorious testimony, the edifying testimony, already written for those around about me, that you would open my heart my eyes, my ears to see that testimony and let your light shine through me let your word be declared through me use me to edify to build up to bring illumination in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. God bless you, church.